Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to another edition of the My Cave Podcast. Whether you're listening for a first time or a freaking listener, we're thrilled to have you. My Cave, wa- my cave offers well-rounded conversations about what it means to be a Canadian Muslim. Assalamu everyone. My name is Subhan. I'm hosting the podcast yet again this week. Um, thrilled to be here, back, alive after... Yesterday was a really long day. I felt like uh, I was up for like 24 hours, but I wasn't. Yesterday? I'm weak. I'm weak. But anyways... Um, start off with some introductions. Sitting to my right is... Neha, back for more. Without Waniza, though, and I really miss her. So, Waniza, if you're listening out there... Waniza, you better be listening. Like, if you're not here, what are you doing with I your know. life? You know? I kid. And then, sitting next to her is... Um, uh, not sitting next to her, you liar. But, okay, uh, fine. My name's Atif. I'm sitting across from Subhan and, uh, diagonally from Neha today. Okay, but I intentionally left out our last person, yeah. just because they're our guest, and we like to introduce our guest last. Seen, I like to be honest with you guys, uh, Subhan, it's really, a, it's really a front. Like, really? Come on, man. Now, now you have to expose me in front of everyone, our two listeners, one of them sitting right here. It's gonna happen. This is gonna be the Subhan expose. Okay, <laughs> well, the roast. This is gonna the be, roast. yeah, the roast or the WikiLeaks special on Subhan, whichever one you want to and finally, our special guest this week, Irfan Chaudhry, he's um, probably the brownest white guy I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but honestly, um, Irfan was, uh, he's like, like I've known him for a while now, all of six months. Um, he went to high school with my sisters, interesting. Um, and uh, he loves Noel Gallagher and Coldplay. Also true. Yeah, also true. Are you going to the Coldplay concert? I am. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm so excited yeah, about that. Me too. I can't wait. Me but too. anyways, there's a little bit about our fun. He was actually the easiest guest to get on. Yeah. Last week, I, I texted him. <laughs> I texted him last weekend like, hey, Riff, you want to come on the podcast? We'd love to have you. He's like, yeah. Like, is this like a front for something? I was like, nope. nope. It's a podcast. We have two listeners. You want in? He's like, yeah. You'll I'll have three now. I'll be the third one. I said, perfect. Okay. Yeah. So a week later, here he is. Boom. So easiest guest I'm ever. Which was that easy? I'm accessible the people That's our awesome. first guest Mustafa Ali was like a year long yeah, wow. and you know what next time you see him Mustafa is another level man. Yeah. you have to go through we really people. travel you have to like <laughs> give him bubble tea constantly yeah. if you're listening Mustafa you have like, to well he's listening what else does he do I know right, come on go on hey <laughs> Mustafa but yeah um, anyways um, how's everyone doing how's your week going mm, well or this lost last night. They and did. How are you dealing with that? that? You know, Oilers fan? Yeah, yeah, he's a huge Oilers fan. Yeah. But it's uh, it's okay. You know, they're still uh, still early in the season. They're still what seven and two. two yeah, seven and two. Like it took us sixteen games yeah. to win seven games to get to last that points, season. right? So, so you know what? This yeah. is just like progress. Progress. Yeah. progress. And I mean, also Cam Talbot, like he's a really good goalie, but he's not. He was performing like number one goalie level yeah. for for like a couple of games there, and I was like, more than a couple. This of games. isn't last. This yeah. is gonna last. This is percentages are like. Unhuman right now. Yeah, I think it'll go back to. He was like Carey Price level. Yeah, and honestly, like last see, night. Uh, really, like you want to jump in with some. Yeah, come on, yeah. Why don't you tell us about what you think about Connor McDavid? Yeah, in sport of the Oilers. Rescue open of his restaurant. There you go, right? <laughs> That's all the Oilers information yeah. Neha knows, and so it's the tribute to the sport. Scotch bar, but we'll take that. Oh. Uh, probably we're not allowed to say that on this podcast. Wayne Gretzky struck me as a wine guy. Yeah, not not a really Scotch guy, but anyways. So enough sports talk for Wayne Gretzky. Why is he a model for like Gap? Like, isn't there like no it was Sears? Yep, like, he's yeah. better. He, yeah, yeah, but he's been doing it for a long time. I, like, I don't understand. I think that's his demographic too. <laughs> <laughs> like, old white moms, like that's <laughs> it. <laughs> so, honey, I'm gonna dress you like Wayne does. Hey, yo, <laughs> Who's uh, Wayne? I was in Sears the other day. Some of those sweaters, I was like, give me, give me four more years. Or ten more pounds. Yeah, yeah. It's almost, it's almost there, right? Yeah. Dream, dream, dream high. But anyways, we're just gonna hop into some current events. Um, 
one of the stories that I wanted to talk about uh, was just the Standing Rock Facebook check-in. So according to BBC, over one and a half million people have checked in online. Um, and if those of you who don't know, um, in uh, North Dakota, mm-hmm. um, there's a pipeline that's being built and um, the First Nations people are worried that it's going to contaminate their water source. Um, and sacred land. Yeah, of course. Well, see, like, this is this is kind of like what we were talking about last year, or, sorry, last week, Neha, right? How, even, yeah, how yeah. it's how it's how it's our imana as Muslims to make sure that we preserve the land and be respectful of it. So with this happening now, um, obviously, it's been going on for a while, uh, but... You know, like it's 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 getting a lot more um, attention because the police are allegedly monitoring the people that are um, checking in on Facebook, and they're trying to disrupt them, like with their prayers, because like they're 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 standing there protesting. But according to that article, it was saying that um, the police is denying that they're doing that. But I mean, and arresting protesters, whether um, and I think there are they're all peaceful protesters, but you know. Down south and their county police, and I and I and I feel like you know what we don't we don't respect their values and and their traditions and culture enough, like like the First Nations people, and I feel like a lot of the times we're just ignorant of that, and we don't like. I mean, if someone was to tell a Muslim that hey, you're not allowed to pray, what would you do, right? Like that's that's really tough. Like, and those are tough conversations to have. Similarly, if 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 a large like portion of their beliefs is that you can't disturb the land, you can't disturb the ecosystem, then you have to find a way to respect that. And of course, you know, like as an oil company that's bringing like millions of liters of oil through there, yeah, they're they're looking to make money. But I mean, do you want to tarnish your image? And do you want do you want this to go down as something that's going to be remembered in history? So. But I mean, like with huge uh, corporations, that has happened time and time again. I mean, um, you know, you look at Walmart and how they work. Where they don't have a union, and then as soon as you know workers try to come up with a union, they'll shut down the Walmart's location and build another one right across the street because they can. They have the money, they have the power. Um, same thing with uh, Nestle. Like we hear about their water and how they're you know buying water from people and then trying to sell like trying to sell it back to them, you know, with a hundred percent like upping the price. Yeah. You know, like um, and so it's 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 been done so many times and it keeps happening and it's because they have um, support of people upper in the government and they have money which you know normal civilians your average civilian lacks about about like nestle and opening up like um those water plants i remember a month ago there was something in the news that uh, there's a town i want to say in southern ontario correct me if i'm wrong and if the listeners know let us know um but there was a town that was protesting that like nestle wanted to come in and cre- uh make like a water producing f- or like yeah. uh a water bottling facility uh, and the people were protesting against it so hopefully hopefully that didn't happen because uh if they're just making bank and not really respecting the people's livelihood there and obviously they're creating jobs but at the same time at what cost if you're selling something back to someone with i know we're going off on a tangent but if you're selling something back to someone at double the price when they could just like literally more than double. Yeah, yeah like like whatever it is that's wrong well you're hoping these types of like exposure will give some of these companies more uh, of a motive, I guess you could say, to Mm -hmm. have more corporate social responsibility because a lot of times corporations will say that they have this on their values or mission statements but aren't really put into action to, you know, actually do it. Whereas attention like this that we're seeing hopefully does pressure some of these companies that if you do need to go and do this for your corporate well-being and whatever you're trying to do, 
make sure you're doing it at the least amount of impact to the citizens of the community. And when you have these protests getting as much attention as they are, I think that's one conversation that can at least move it more towards that needle. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, yeah. but at least it's better than what we had in the past where little or no attention was being given from a number of media outlets. And I think that speaks to the power of social media. Right? Definitely. So now that you mentioned that, there's actually two documentaries I watched this week instead of sending for my three midterms. <laughs> Which two, two you had today. Two pass, I had today. Yeah, I was just, just done. Um, the first one I watched was Three and a Half Minutes, Ten Bullets. Sorry, you're going to say Netflix. Two and a Half Men. I was going to be like, no. God. It's a good documentary. Three and a Half yeah. Bullets, Ten Minutes? Well, no, no, Two and a Half Men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, the documentary... Of Charlie Sheen. <laughs> the documentary is called Three and a Half Minutes, Ten Bullets. It's on Netflix, in yeah. case Netflix wants to be our sponsor. Because uh, we did mention Luke Cage a couple episodes ago, yeah. right? So, I and mean... it was a fantastic, um, documentary. Okay. Um, alhamdulillah, like, it had a nice happy ending on, like... You know, spoiler. Spoiler. Anyway, wait. What? Like, what's the synopsis? You gotta like. Um. Okay. So basically, it's about the stand your ground uh, law in Florida. Yeah. And a white male decides to, you know, use that in court for shooting um, a black. I think he was 18 year old male because his music in the car was too loud. Mm. Is this that uh, and, Davis, right? Is yeah, it, yeah, 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 Davis. And um, and basically he uses that. Um, he wins it and then they ask for um another um trial and you know it goes on so on and so forth but it's really you know you're holding on to whatever emotions you have because it's so unfortunate that someone can use that stand your ground to kill some to murder an innocent person and then just get second degree charges exactly that's crazy exactly. and the other one i watched with the intent is, to kill with yeah but he said he was um exercising his right for self-defense so yeah, but see, like that, I mean, obviously, like gun laws in the United States, we could talk for hours about yeah. that. And the other thing is um, uh, the 13th, or just the 13th, actually. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, that documentary was amazing. Cool. And law. from there, I learned that State Farm, my car insurance provider, apparently supports ALEC, capital A-L-E-C. And so I called them up the other day, haven't gotten a reply. She said she was going to get back to me. If you know me, I'm always looking for a fight. Yeah, actually, I was just going to say, I was so going to preface... State Farm as a sponsor then? No, no, not as a sponsor because I'm about to switch insurance yeah, providers course, yeah. and if that means I have to pay $120 more a year, so be it. But if you guys seen Aaron Rodgers and a State Farm commercial, then you'll appreciate it. Have you seen that discount double check? Guys, go watch it when so, you're home. And if any of you know any listeners, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the um, Green Bay Packers and he has a funny commercial with State Farm. But no, no, you don't you're, condone... You're cheese, all right? Love what? the Packers. Yeah, just say yes. No. You're from so, Wisconsin? So yeah. 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 See? I thought what? so, too. Right. Um, I love bringing up sports. I know. It's, it's fun. It's I'm fun. I'm actually so confused. Like, you know, Shake Nabit keeps saying Dub Nation. I have no idea. You didn't look it up? I did. And then, like, Shake he keeps taking me to Reddit. And Reddit Shake Nabit was such a cool guy. And then he oh. goes and becomes a Dubs fan. And then he says he's disappointed when Kevin Durant gets traded. Like, what's with the act? And then he calls James Harden a loser. What? Yeah, he or did. I have that on text. his beard? Yeah, apparently. I'm trying to go there, but maybe I'll be a loser. But have you seen James Harden without his beard? Without his beard? No. Oh man, baby faced no, assassin. It's scary. I've seen some bad without his beard. Neha, you and, like, savage. Uh, no beard. <laughs> like, yeah, and then there's his college days picture from Arizona. I was like, I was like who's it's his baby? Scary. I was like, who's his baby on the cover of James Harden? The baby picture? Yeah. <laughs> I think you don't even have a beard. What do you call this? He's uh, Peach fuzz. 18. He's still. I am 18. Old. Where's your beard? Whoa, you went there. Oh, She's boy. older than me. This is her logic. And Dissy. <laughs> oh. You and Saul settled down. 
No, that's so <laughs> oh, that's scary. Anyways, um, so we're just gonna hop into our favorite part of uh, hosting a guest. We're gonna read their bio. Now, this bio. Think, okay, really quick. Yep. We should make it a tradition to yeah. read the most extravagant, awkward bio. Oh, I mean, ever. this is pretty good. This is no, pretty awkward. But I'm saying, yeah, I'm awkward. saying, like, with Sheikh Naved, when we did it, a little part of me died. Yeah, yeah. We should bring up that. We should, yeah, yeah. That he hates yeah. So much. Next week, we'll just bring it back up. Just, like, Sheikh Naved, yeah. guess what? We got you, bro. <laughs> anyway, so, um, this is, so, Irfan ran in uh, the War 12 by-election that just happened. Uh, this fourth. Yeah. You did your homework. You might have seen him on your lawn signs. Fourth out of four, right? Fourth out of 32. <laughs> Pretty impressive. Um, 31, technically, but we don't have to go. Either. Yeah, we don't. We don't have to Shani. go. Oh. I love scandal. <laughs> but anyways, so it was it was a little bit harder to find uh, uh, a bio about him on the internet. Just because, so with, with uh, like, Mustafa, it was, it was pretty easy. Even though, like, Irfan, he's been featured in, like, CBC. He's been featured in the Avenue magazine. He's been, you like... You Peter Masbridge? You guys are close friends? Yeah, we are. Apparently. Jimmy and Stromo are, like... Oh, what did you like? Who did you think? Who else? Who's Strombo? Whole, you have to say the whole name. No, you it's don't. The coolest part of the name. When you have a name like Strombo, Strombo, Strombo yeah. yeah. The Strombo alphabet. That's Strombo pretty much it. It's easier to say that. Strombo alphabet. But yeah, anyways, um, with Irfan, even though he's been featured in you know like a bunch of different magazines and articles, it was hard to find a a bio. So I just used um, his War Twelve by Election campaign bio. So we're just gonna read that. So. Sit down and have some fun, kids. So, my parents. This should be fact-checked, actually. This is how it starts? Uh, my parents? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My parents love it. There you <laughs> go. That's all you need. <laughs> my parents, Amin and Kulsum, moved to Canada from Africa in the 1980s. They were hoping a better life for my brother, Imran, and I. Shout out to Imran. He's actually a solid guy. Wait, you have a brother named Imran? How yeah. confusing is that when they call you? No, it's not. It's no, not. Cause, because actually, Imran is cool, yeah. and Riff is like a yeah, loser. Exactly. Imran di- drives a Beamer, and Riff drives an Acura. Imran works out, Riff eats out. <laughs> Which is delicious. I need a computer. Did you have those roasts? No, <laughs> no, I swear to God, that was all up here. That was, that was like he didn't stutter. No, that was that was all from here. Ask Neha, there's nothing here. There's nothing. Also, you're missing a lot of commas in here, and I wanted to know why. <laughs> oh my God, she's getting in on the roast. Let's just do the But anyways, um, so. Yeah, I'm just getting to it. They they worked hard, doing everything they could to help us succeed um, in our new home. Um, and you, you guys lived in Pollard Meadows uh, at the no, time. First at Wildlands, then in uh, Kinniski Gardens. Okay, yeah. so no Pollard Meadows. Burnwood. Late nights. Okay, read that. You should. You're reading. Okay. The bio. All right. Not fine. Again, they worked but... hard, doing everything. I just felt like, why was that relevant? But anyways. <laughs> They, fact check, fact check. Yeah, they worked hard, doing everything they could to help us succeed in our new home on Treaty 6 land in Edmonton. Late nights and long shifts, my parents, much like your parents, wanted the best for their children, which is actually, you know, shout out to our immigrant parents. And we did mention yeah. that a couple of weeks ago. Um, while incubating us from the reality newcomers faced, they had one vision, to get an education and become contributing citizens in Canada. Driven by an entrepreneurial spirit, nothing would stop them from helping my brother reach his goals and me watch him. I just made up that last yeah. part. Um, <laughs> growing I wasn't up, watching him, that's I know. Growing up in Ward 12, I've been an opportunity to aspire to the school from attending my schooling years in Wine Loss and Burnwood uh, in Jackson Heights to achieving my family's first undergraduate degree in sociology and a graduate degree in c- criminal justice and a doctorate degree, which is still pending in criminology, pending, yeah. um, from the University of Alberta. So Riff is educated and more of us combined. So shame on us. You, ooh, so he has undergrad, 
master's and he's a PhD candidate. Provisional. Provisional. Okay. Um, and these educational achievements have allowed me to reach other heights and grow a nice beard. No, wait, he doesn't have a nice I beard. Know, I can't even trim it. No, actually, he. I, I remember one time. Um, side note. <laughs> side note. Riff was uh, like we were doing. He was. He was growing out a beard um, in like November, or December. To get the Muslim vote. No, I mean he <laughs> yeah, tried. He tried, but it didn't, didn't work. work the Muslim vote was so segregated. So funny. They were voting for someone totally different. They weren't even voting for someone in War Twelve. <laughs> They're like, I want to vote for this guy. They're voting for people like back home some reason. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but it was. Uh, it was just a mix up. They mix up thought thing. this this was like. Uh, no fact checking there. Yeah. But yeah, so... Some guy named Irfan Chaudhary in Pakistan got a lot of votes. Apparently, there's a singer named Irfan Chaudhary. He got a lot of votes. Oh, come on. You don't think Irfan Chaudhary is a popular name? He was on American Idol, I think, because of those votes. (laughs) Well, at least he helped someone win. Um, But yeah, anyways, like, he he picked me up one day and his beard was gone. So that was funny. And he had a goatee. But now he's growing it all back, so good for him. Finally got the courage to... Finally. Yeah, so anyways... So just like the hopes and aspirations my parents had for me, my wife Faria and I have uh, aspirations for our young son, Nail, who's super cute. I don't know his fan, but we'll deal with that later. Now living in Ellerslie and Summerside, uh, Ward 12 is still our home. Go ahead, Neha, interject as I read his beautiful bio. Which you messed up 400 times, Subhan, relax. Did I? Um, I, I know a hockey a player named Nile. Nile? But I didn't mess that up. Yeah. Nail Yakupov? Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, Nile. Nile. Like, Whatever. his name isn't Niles from Frasier. Yeah. Please. Niles, Niles Crane? Yes. Yeah. You uh, do look like that. We're Niles changing Crane. it. It's, yeah. a, it's a little weird that Sohan's, like, reading this bio, like, from his point of view. He's like, my wife, Faria. Like, oh, what's your wife's name? <laughs> like, you know what, though? I know Subhan wants to be me, so I'm letting him okay. have this uh, Go ahead. Have, have your, have your uh, Yeah, I want like, that fame because I couldn't find a bio of you online. Because that's my ultimate goal. My um, piercing through the website. Yeah, I, I go on there all the time. Like, did he post a, anything? I'll make you a bio. So, um, we want we want Nael to live in our ward and our city where he feels safe, included, um, and has the support of the community. Neha, why are you watching me? A place where he can grow, he can learn, and he can play. A place where he can be proud of his origin story. That sounds cool. It sounds like something Marvel would say. I like that riff. Too bad you didn't write it. The aspiration for my son is to be. The word aspiration is used so much. Can no we just talk about that? that? I'm pretty sure this is like the old one too that you're reading, but that's that's fine. No, this is off the live website. Is it right? Yeah. The website's going down. Oh, okay. okay, there it is. Okay. There it is. Yeah. In and it's like mustard yellow. So please let me be. Uh, I still no have name. two of my two. No name. Yellow. Did you know mustard yellow makes people hungry? Yeah. Like the color. Yeah, we had a lot of people just coming to the office looking for, for food. food. They're like food donations. Yeah. Where? What? No, sorry. Sorry. You can give us some. You can give us. We're hungry. <laughs> Um, but anyways, we want to live in a ward where our children succeed, but also help others succeed. We want to live in a ward where our children thrive, but also our parents and grandparents. Okay. Um, we want to live in a ward where our, where we are welcoming and inclusive to get there. We need to build it together. We are Ward 12. So that wasn't really about Riff, but it was funny. Yeah. It was interesting. And then, uh, hashtag make Ward 12 great again. Yes. We forgot to, you know, I forgot to put that, that in. Next time. Yeah. I like. I, I genuinely so. believe. I think if you incorporate memes into your like campaign. Well, actually, there was a candidate that used Tinder to yeah. get votes, and she got Tinder got like at four hundred. She votes? got attention. I think she got like. I'm saying I don't like, think she got four hundred votes. No, not yeah. even that. But like maybe a picture of you, like I want you, like Uncle Sam stuff. It's it's possible. There's all these different ways you can make things work, right? And it's a matter of being up. Like a messed up thing. It's like. When you tell me you're not voting for me, and it's like you with the disgusting face. <laughs> just have face. a big sad like, <laughs> No, no, it's just him with a regular face. Yeah, well. So it's disgusting enough. Well, 
But anyways, I thought I'd just try to fire some shots back because I know they're going to come for me eventually. You know what? No, uh, Subban does a great job for the community and uh, thanks for inviting me on to this show. Wow, that was really thoughtful. I feel like I feel like a jerk now. <laughs> Tim said it. Subban is a jerk. So this, uh, this is what I've been saying. Uh, <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, you know, but anyway, the invitation that was, uh, you know, but now... You know, Irfan has been upset. reaching out to us, Yeah. right? And then Subhan keeps shutting him out. He does. Wow. He's got too big for his... I mean, I feel like we need to live record this so I can put you haters to rest. Um, we did try, and then we tried, messed it up. But then Octa- I didn't mess it up. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. What are you doing, bro? Anyways. Um, Facebook live. Racially so profiles Facebook. Now that video, so, so now that I read that horrendous bio. I'm just kidding. It's not horrendous. But it doesn't really talk about you. Yeah, so, so we want to know about you. What are my hobbies? Run? So you like oh, Coldplay. Wow. So yeah. I know you like Coldplay, Noel Gallagher. Yeah. You love the Oilers. Yeah. Um, you love your Timmy's. No, you know what though? It was just a byproduct of the proximity of being okay. so close. But to you the love office. donuts. I like coffee. Coffee. I don't think I've eaten a donut Wait, for Brendan Gallagher. No, no Gallagher. Yeah. Come yeah, on, the brothers though. Okay. Far removed. Yeah. Far removed. But yeah, okay. So, like, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, Riff. Um, I mean, like, I know, I know quite a bit, yeah. a lot more than I need to, probably. And I try to erase that from my memory. But here's you know, this flow. I always find it super awkward to like talk about myself, so it's easier just to like. You want to tell me? I'll, I'll just uh, okay. Well, here. Ask, ask why don't Why don't Why don't I do this? What do you think? Your First four question. Listeners, with one of them being me, so three listeners will be. Interested. Want to know about? Okay, so my first question is: So you you're you chose to go down. Um, like your education path, yeah. you you didn't choose something you know typical like uh, an engineer, doctor, sure. lawyer. Sure. So what? Yeah. So what made you go down there? On that route. You know, I remember when uh, I was finishing high school and about to go into university, uh, I didn't have the grades to get into U of A directly. So, you know, we're trying to look at, you know, other options and thankfully... Send you to Pakistan. Yeah, that was on there. Africa, one of those places. Yeah. But uh, thankfully, McEwen, shout out to McEwen, hey. had a program for, you know, a lot of people that are in that similar situation. Uh, but I remember sitting at the dinner table with my dad and he was just giving me ideas of, you know, what, what do you want to do, right? And the two things that struck, one was marketing and one was uh, law. So law, for some reason, was just something that struck with me. So I tried. Uh, I had to get upgraded, though. So I did two years at McEwen for university upgrade before transferring over to the U of A. Mm-hmm. I went into sociology because, for some reason, a lot of the courses were just speaking to things that I was seeing or observing or, or feeling at a very you know, human level. So a lot of stuff with human rights and social injustice and racism specifically were the things as I was going through my sociology courses, those I was just gravitated to uh, automatically. For some reason, I always had this interest in being a police officer very early on. So I was that's why I went to criminal. But then you realized you couldn't do push-ups. So they're like, Not even nah. one. Yeah, I need to do the minimum of five for like to even be competitive as a, yeah. as a, as a, as a female, a as a female officer. So. I think it's more push-ups. <laughs> but... So now, like, did you ever experience any of that yourself? Because you were saying that you were seeing this going on. Like, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you look at it in the context when I was doing this was in the post 9-11 climate, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where, you know, the narrative out there was young Muslim men uh, in Western countries are becoming radicalized. With unpronounceable names. With unpronounceable yeah. names. And so I, I fit all of that, including the unpronounceable names, right? Yeah. But I wasn't seeing that. Like, I wasn't feeling the need to go and attack people or you know do really unspeakable things that's apparently being motivated by my faith me neither i thought there was something wrong with me yeah you know in that time frame it's like well do i need to be doing this too or something like that but that really 
aggravated me. So it was like, you know, this narrative's out there and I don't believe it. And I know most of my friends aren't believing it. But why is it being put on us as a, uh, as a, as a narrative, I guess you could say. So do you think now that obviously living in this Donald Trump era, um, there's a lot of fear mongering going on now before it was like, it was going on to a certain degree. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories about what happened with nine 11, um, and what happened with, even Osama bin Laden's body. Do you think a lot of that fear mongering now is like a result of like, Hey, my parents, they lived through, you know, the Gulf Wars. They lived through like, you know, um, like the wars in Afghanistan. They know what terrorists quote unquote are. Mm -hmm. And now that Donald Trump is sort of, sort of trying to paint Muslims, um, and people that are like minorities with a certain image. Is that, is that a direct result of that? I think it's a mixture of a lot of things. I think what's appealing about Trump specifically is he's saying things that are not politically correct. And he's also tapped into a market of folks who have been feeling the exact same way he has. But now that you have someone in a position of power running for political office, who's comfortably saying that that's given power and strength to those who have felt they've been, you know, silenced to not say these really nasty things to say these things, right? I'll give you an example. I had a, I had a student once who, when we were covering a store, uh, the chapter around Canadian values, okay. you know, there's a, uh, in like 2000 or 2004, uh, a study came out on, you know, what makes Canada, Canada, what are the top Canadian values? So this researchers, you know, interviewed 400 people and they developed like a list of 10 Canadian values, right? So around tolerance, accommodation, multiculturalism, all that stuff. But as I was saying this in class, I could see one student I don't think was understanding what I was saying because she was taking it a different way. Right? Mm-hmm. I was on the side of this is awesome that we're a very welcoming, accepting country, this and that. But she took it as if I was saying, well, this is a bad thing. This is something we need to change. And I remember afterwards we had a conversation. She's like, you know, when you were saying that, I really, I really uh, was impacted by it because you were saying like how we should not let these newcomers in and how we should do, you know, not be welcoming and inclusive. And I, I stopped her and I said, hold on a second. I think you were hearing the total opposite of what, what I was saying, of hear. what I wanted to hear, right? <laughs> but when I kind of pressed her on a little bit more, you know, because in university and in colleges, the whole reason is to have these dialogues in, yep. in that safe space. When I just kind of pushed her a little bit more to say, you know, why is it that you feel this way or, or think this way? And she was just saying, you know, the way I feel and the way I think, you know, as a, a, a white student, so not that that matters, but just to put it in context. Okay, fair enough. Um, you know, she was saying that the things that I feel about newcomers or immigrants or people that of color... I don't feel I can comfortably say because I'll be viewed as a racist or I'll be viewed as someone that isn't, you know, uh, accepting of, of difference, right? But that narrative that she feels, mm-hmm. I think, is echoed by a large amount of people that often feel silenced. And I feel like it's coming up a lot more now in Canada specifically. Sure. Um, like before the podcast started, we, we, we were having this discussion, right? Like, why do we think that racism is becoming more of an issue in Canada? Like uh, in September, there was those uh, anti-Sikhism and anti-Turban um, mm-hmm. flyers that were posted here at the U of A. Yeah, um, and then in Calgary, there were posters and even in Edmonton, flyers that were like anti-Islam. And they're yeah. still being distributed. Yeah, into, like, so this is... Yeah. It's this is the it's the beginning of November and we're still seeing incidents of this coming up and uh, I was reading an article and it was saying that the EPS is looking to press charges against people. So I mean enough is enough, but like like this is all happening. But how do we? Because because there's going to be a lot of people that think a certain way just because they've been raised to think like mm-hmm. that, and it's not necessarily their fault. Um, and I feel like when you get to a place like university, uh, there is that safe space and you sort of expand your mind and start having some of these conversations that you didn't have before. And 
they may be ignorant, but not in the sense that like, oh, I just, I know this. So, but they may Actually, not have been told another way. I had a friend, a really great friend of mine. I've known her since kindergarten and then we graduated high school together. So 13 years I was her friend and well, I still am. And, um, I remember just last year when the elections were happening and I asked her, oh, who are you voting for? The Canadian elections? Yeah. yeah. And she said, um, she said, oh, my dad's making me vote conservative. I was like, okay, what do you mean your dad's making you? She's like, oh, you know, he doesn't really like... So oppressive, man. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> Talk so about it. She's like, he doesn't like any other government because he thinks we're going to let in too many um, immigrants. We're going to... We're not going to tax um, immigrants as much as we're going to tax wealthy white guys. Is her dad and, Donald Trump? No, her dad okay. is actually a really okay. wealthy guy here in Edmonton. <laughs> and she said, so, you know, my dad's making our family all vote uh, conservative uh, so that, you know, it helps my dad out. I was like, okay, you realize your vote is your vote, and my parents are immigrants. And, and they're just, not going to know, right? Yeah, like, and she just looked at me, and she's like, yeah. She's like, I forgot the, about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's going on and on about her dad. Go over to her house, you're like, hey, Miss Your dad's uh, like, uh, yeah, hey, how are you? <laughs> Actually, her dad, I was supposed to get, like, my wisdom teeth extracted from my dad, and I was like, no way. <laughs> like, you're like, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. Mama, <laughs> come here. <laughs> Folks. He's like, else he's like, wait for you to like be so. Neha, quick, chew on this ginger root. Why? It's gonna help the bleeding. <laughs> he gets to a point where he can't talk. He's like, so uh, don't say anything if uh, you're here to kill us. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like knocked like, out. God, and <laughs> he's like filming. He's like, see, I told, I told everyone. But actually, like, vote conservative. <laughs> but honestly, like, I think this is, um, and I, I mean, we're this is, takes us on a nice tangent because we're gonna talk about voting a little bit, um, but. About that election, I felt like it was really weird that people were, I mean, you think now that we live in 2016, everyone is entitled to vote whichever way they want. I know when I was growing up, uh, like the mentality was that because we are immigrants, we vote liberal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and... So and point, yeah. But you know, sometimes there's also that alternate uh, narrative too, right? Because there's been studies that show that a lot of times the conservative ideology aligns with mm -hmm. a lot of... Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Totally, yeah. totally. But see, yeah. but see like, you, they see if, them... Yeah, if you look at, like, which political platform best matches, like, Islam, it's the conservative platform. Well, it's... it's Like, it's not even just Muslims. Like it's, like, it's immigrants no, no, in no, general. Not, not just yeah. that, but, like, then you look at, like, oh, but, like, but the people in that yeah. party... And then that's what really yeah yeah yeah. Off. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so I so I feel like now that like you brought that up and that just happened in October a year ago, like that's scary that people are still thinking like that. Where you actually need to vote with your mind and whatever you align with, even though that party isn't going to win or whatever, don't throw your vote. Well, I think what's even scarier though is this being used as a strategy, like a legitimate strategy. Yeah, right? in like terms ABC. Of, yeah, well, anything but conservative that well, was going on. That too, but when you have these parties coming together to say, hey, we need to push this narrative of like, you know, without naming names, but saying we have this, you know, barbaric cultural practice hotline, with, which is very generic in general, but you know exactly who it's targeting, right? And likewise, what you saw, yeah, or like, likewise, what you saw in Quebec, right? They're trying to manage how people dress in public yeah. spaces based on a religious uh, expression. And again, it's claiming it's being very general, but it is targeting certain groups, right? But thankfully here, we didn't buy that narrative, right? But yet what's happening in the South, where some are buying the narrative, it is flaming up some of the stuff we're seeing mm -hmm. here as well. I always, I always think about that. It makes me kind of happy. It's like you have like Stephen Harper and he's like, all right, let's get these guys. He's like the racist ones. Let's get them. And then like he kind of gets them and everyone else is like, dude, what? And then it just, it just feels miserably for him. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I was like, I think about this all the time. If if the conservative party really embraced like multiculturalism, like they'd be unstoppable. They would have the immigrant vote. It's scary. Well, right now they're like provincially, anyways. They're trying to realign themselves, because they're right? Trying to partner up with. Well, they want. Well, there's a number of different things they're trying to do. But if you look at some of the people involved in the provincial uh, conservative party, it is a very diverse background. If yeah. you look at it, right, and they're trying to show themselves as we're socially progressive. And you know, fiscally conservative. Yeah. Right? If they just took the fiscally. That's where they're I think, trying to. I think they'd be like yeah. elected over and over and over. But it doesn't help because I've I've seen this one thing today where there's a anti NDP rally being planned in uh, Medicine Hat I think over the oh, weekend. Okay. And uh, when you read some of the reasons why people are protesting, it's exactly the opposite, right? They're saying the NDP their values aren't aligning with the working person in Alberta. They're bringing a mass amount of debt and, you know, all these conspiracy and, and fear-mongering kind of perspectives to get people to just protest. I remember I saw this one Halloween sign that was like, no candy because of the NDP. took <laughs> all my money. Really? I'm like, I'm like man, wow. that's scary. Like, that's the scariest like, thing I've seen today. As in a couple of days ago? Yeah, like this Halloween. Oh, wow. wow. But I mean, like, I think, I think a large part of, like, the reason why people think that so I'll give you an example. So when people voted the NDP in, they thought the NDP was going to be like this new wave, this new energy. But you also have to realize that as as much as they advocate for their policies, it's it's kind of uh, like like politics is a game that you have to please people. And so you have to say things to do things to get things done. And I mean, you're not going to impress everyone. Mm. But I mean, so that's why as a political party, also, you're in like, the spotlight all the time. Everyone kind of thought... Like, especially now, like, we're not, obviously, we're not in the best situation as a province, right? Okay. Like, everyone thought, like, NDP's in, nice, right away, it's going to be, like, the shit. But you haven't realized what they're starting with, right? Yeah, and exactly. What they have to like, build there's a transition of, period. Takes, yeah. You're going from, like, yeah. one side yeah. of doing things to the exact opposite. Like, you thought they were going to wake up to Christmas, okay? And then, like, like yeah. the presents underneath the Christmas like, comes once a year. Yeah. yeah. And if you're Charlie Brown, it doesn't. <laughs> and then, so, like, like reasonably, we should have gone, like, liberal would have been more sense. Right. Eventually, liberals. Like, are, eventually, liberals. Are, the liberal party was like, are nothing. Let's throw away Alberta. We're yeah. focusing on bigger and better things. Yeah, which is, you know, from a voter's perspective, that's unfair, right? Yeah. Essentially, we only have we have a three-party option, but it's like super one way or super two super yeah, the yeah, other yeah. way, right? And you don't have that middle ground. I think a lot of people. Guys, we should just make our own party. Honestly, <laughs> but 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 like also. I mean, I think this is the last point we'll talk about Wait, honestly, federal provincial politics. <laughs> Be quiet. But honestly, it, um, like sometimes provincial parties they don't align completely with what the federal party does, right? So I mean, just because Premier Notley says something, it doesn't mean that you know Tom Mulcair or whoever else is going to agree with that. So I mean, there, there's always that too, right? I mean, just because we as voters vote for the NDP provincially, that doesn't mean that we have to vote for the NDP federally. Yeah. Just because we know that. They mm. may not be it's able. Two to. different games. Yeah, yeah. totally. Oh, yeah. Just because you voted front end for, for Ward Twelve doesn't mean it's going to be mayor. Yeah, no. Uh, not this so we're going to talk about that. <laughs> so, like I like I prefaced, and we did read his bio. Irfan <clears throat> ran in the most recent by election Ward Twelve. It was a record setting thirty two candidate uh, race. Um, it was a long one. It was a fun one. I got to be a part of it. Um, so Riff, I just I want to see it on my Facebook. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Please. Like I was sharing it on like MSA pages. Like, pages. Why are your, like five friends on Facebook? Right? Yeah, I know. They were just like, what is this? Like, is this guy popular all of a sudden? Declined, He's going to hide, events. Hide, hide, hide declined so many event requests. So here's the question. So, um, you know, we've never, I've never seen a, um, a word election with 32 candidates. Like mm. That, that was a huge election. And it was a by-election too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a by-election. So how, how was it for you? Like experience, not like, you know, oh, you know, Strategy it was great. Fun. Like we want your honest. Are you Irfan? No, <laughs> he wishes. No, I was saying like that's a cookie cutter <laughs> answer. 
no, it was. No, uh, like, yeah. How did you feel? You know, you were running against thirty-one Can other people. Can you trash talk some people? You know what? I I will I will not trash talk anyone because to be he's quite be, honest, yeah, he's above that. I mean, to, yeah, I'm, I'm above that. I'm like, I love <laughs> I love drama. But to be quite honest, it was uh, it was a good experience, right? I mean, this is the first time I ever did it. Okay. Uh, you weren't wow. sure what to what Your to expect. first time ever, right? Yeah. Away. And you got fourth place. Well, I mean, so here's the, it's all about context, right? Because you know, within a, a by election that usually ha- like by elections always have low voter turnout. Yeah. When you ha- combine that with you know, in that area, the federal election like literally just happened. And then, like a little bit before that, the provincial election just happened. So there's also some kind of fatigue within oh, the totally. area as well. On top of that, you have 32 candidates. So a lot of people are just like... It's a joke. This is a joke. This is overwhelming. Either I know who I'm going to vote for or I'm not going to vote for anyone. Right? I think they had about, what, 20% voter yeah, turnout at the end really of it. Low. So it was really low. Uh, people knew that the key number was going to be 2,500 votes. So if you're able to activate like that number, you'd win. Right? And the person that got into that Councillor Banga, he was able to activate that number. But having said that, it was probably one of the funnest things I've ever been a part of. right? Because okay. it's the first time you're doing it uh, literally, you you hope you get support, but at the same time, you know you have to work hard. Uh, I had a very good conversation with the uh, former counselor uh, just to get his advice on you know what to do and what to consider, and he was quite open, right? He's like, it's going to be difficult. Uh, think about the different challenges you'll have. You have a young family. That's something you have to keep in mind. You have a face for radio. A face for radio. That's another thing. And he even said straight up, "That's my roast." <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I've heard that everywhere. Can you please me, just recognize me. the fact well, that I'm on my game today? But I have a beard for TV. Body for radio. And Thank you very else. much, <laughs> losers. <laughs> but anyways, it's one of those things where he said, "Even be cautious of the Islamophobia that's going to be out there," right? But one of the things that we learned quite strongly is when you have this many people at the table, I think 32 is ridiculous, right? You can't expect voters to do research on every single one and you know expect them to know who they're going for. And a lot of people knew this was just a placeholder, right? Because the 2017 coming up, it's going to happen all over exactly. again. Exactly. So it wasn't even Are how you, the term was less. Can we expect anything? For 2017? You know what? Uh, you'll see kind of the things kind of come out later on but uh, i won't say anything stay right. tuned no, everyone no exclusive news. no exclusive news right i thought now. it was gonna be a WikiLeaks yeah. loser <laughs> what a disappointment suban squash racket is blue like that's all <laughs> it's actually now. silver <laughs> thanks riff this time it's called it's tennis yeah yeah no riff knows that play squash because i would have to go to squash all the time that's at seven like, o'clock in the morning that's excuses for being late when he was late um yeah. but anyways like i mean I, like i think i got to see it firsthand it was it was amazing from like from the start when we had that initial planning meeting that I was late to by thirty minutes yeah. and I brought everyone nothing. coffee except you. Yeah, I well, wait, that. I didn't do that. I'm and you, brought, and you brought nothing to the table either. Of course, except my beard. But that's we still shed over everyone. Yeah, <laughs> it was gross. Hair was everywhere. You know what it is? We need to stop complimenting his beard. It's a nice it's beard. got to his head. His beard, between, the, between the three of us, yeah. his ego is like his head is. Well, so his big. beard's got to his head now. Right? How does your neck? Support, <laughs> how does your neck support that? I don't know. It's a good question, um, but like seeing it from the beginning and then being able to be there on election day, it was, it, it was an eye-opening experience and it was just a thrill to be a part of. Like it was really hard, um, and I think, like kudos to Rift for, like sticking his neck out and uh, just being a part of that that process because it's it's nerve-wracking, it's scary. Like you don't. I'm sure it was expensive and you know a lot of work. It, it was a lot of work. I think. You know, the one thing I would say for people that are considering it, I mean, don't let money be the the obstacle because we're so lucky to live in a time where literally if you have people with expertise in one area, 
and access to digital media, you could honestly probably run a campaign with a very nominal amount. But yeah. I think what you saw some people spending ridiculous amounts, you don't don't feel you have to keep up with them. You just know what you can provide. You just know your, your content. You have to come across as a credible candidate because there are people that spent upwards of sixty, seventy thousand dollars but they what? weren't a credible candidate. And, and they didn't buy, win. And they didn't win. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Like, we'll see later on when the numbers are released. But if, oh, if they're you, already out. Really? They're out. They've been out for a while. But, but oh, actually, yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing them. I'm sorry. Can but, you forward me that? Yeah. It's on the City of Edmonton website. Yeah. But if you, like, if you look at, like, past campaigns, they're spending upwards of, like, $100,000. Yeah. And That's really, crazy. You, don't, you don't need to. Like, honestly, you don't need to. But the, the way the game is set, and it's been something we've inherited because this is how you know, politics in general has, has been for a number of years. Um, big money does get you bigger exposure, but it's not necessarily guaranteeing you a win. I remember during the provincial election, actually one of the PC candidates in my area probably had the most signs of any any of the candidates, but they didn't win, right? So it's one of the things where money is uh, definitely a consideration, but I think that's where, you know, if you're a credible candidate, you could probably surpass that money hindrance i would say hmm. so yeah, do you I've, feel like you have recognition now like do people know your name do they know who like your friend Audrey is I, now afterwards yeah like, i mean your own i mean you, you have you have that aspect for sure and i think that's one of the things you know i had one of the current city councillors you know who was a, a good supporter of ours during the campaign i met with him after the campaign because he was really interested to learn about the experience and he was saying you know from a you know a, a a blueprint perspective, I guess you could say, is like anyone that decides to run for public office, especially from the municipal level, really has three shots. And if you think about it, that's 12 years, right? First try is to get your name out there. If you're successful, okay, awesome, you get in. If not, next year you have that name recognition. You could try to build off of that. And if the person who won the last time isn't going to be running, you might have a better shot of uh, getting in there. Mm -hmm. And then your final shot, which is year three, is like, you know, Give it what you have, still showcase why you think you're a strong candidate. But after that, you really hit fatigue, right? Because people, if they didn't vote for you the last two yeah. times over that 12-year period, there's a likelihood that they're not going to vote for you, you know, again. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, at the end of the day, it is like the electoral process. The people vote for whoever they think is most capable. And I mean, as long as you as a candidate... I mean, ideally they vote for Ideally, right? right yeah. So, I mean, as long as you as a candidate don't expect to win, no. but expect to make that difference, yeah. right? I mean, like... Like use that as a platform, and I'm just speaking because like I like I got to work with Riff a lot, um, and and I, and I, and I, and I can I can speak on his like I I'll speak for him because he's not going to talk about himself, but I feel like one thing he did really well was that he was able to talk about issues rather than about himself. He doesn't need to say like he was by far the most educated candidate in that election, and I and I feel like the most qualified and most deserved, but yeah, unbiased. Those are Is that unbiased. 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 Hands down. Hands down. Would he have gotten a bonus? If, if he would have. Yeah, if he won, he would have got a mat. No, <laughs> <laughs> he would have got my Acura. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I was but that was about, only if he won. Yeah, I was curious about like the aftermath of an election. Yeah. It's like, it's like you get fourth, but like what happens? Your mom disowns you. You yeah, lose a thousand no friends one, on Facebook. No one talks to you. No, no. You know what? After, it's it, it was one of the things that you learn is just you know, going back to whether you, you, when you do put yourself out there again, first time doing it, you don't know what to expect. Right. So you have a lot of people coming out of the woodworks and you kind of have to be cautious because you don't know those that are there to truly support you versus those that are there to kind Snakes of, in the grass. Know, yeah, absolutely. Right. So that's, that's why we keep the grass cut. And then after, after the fact, though, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good analogy, but after the that's, fact, it's just a matter of, you know, trying to keep those relationships, uh, trying to make sure that, you know, 
if there's any damage control to be done, which to be honest, there wasn't from our end because we probably were as clean as we could have been for a campaign in terms of not trying to get stuck in the mud with anything. But it's just, you go back to normal life, right? You get like your time back with your family. Mm. Uh, you get time to spend, again, doing what you were doing before you ran for an election. Uh, it just kind of goes from like 100 to whatever pace you want it to be now that you've you know gone back to normal life, I guess you could say. Do you have a lot of lawn signs in your house? I have a lot of lawn signs. And I, have I have toques in my... Signs. Like I have toques. Well, can I get some... We'll just yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give you a toque. Yeah, we'll have, have, but you know... In context, that's what costs the most money, right? It's your marketing material and your signs that cost the most money. And if you're, you know, uh, mindful of how you're using those funds, that's where you can reuse stuff later See, on. like, if I were to run for civic elections, what I would do is I would make people pay me and I would just stand on their lawn and just yell my name. <laughs> just over, like, every person I walk so That's by. one strategy. Hey, one you. Strategy. Yeah. Vote, vote for me. Hey, you 12-year-old. Yeah. You walk in there, vote for me. Six years from now, I only get three tries at this. <laughs> so let's try one and a half. But yeah. No, honestly, like I like I think um, that was a really good question. And like the follow up question for me is, so now that you're you're like you you've seen like one extreme of just like working a lot, um, and then now having your balanced life. Do you think? And I know we talked to that like you, you're you're not going to mention if you're going to run in yeah. 2017, yeah. but is that a possibility? Well, I mean, it's one of the things you have to see what's right for you at the time, right? Yep. So, I mean, for me specifically, you know, one one thing that you think you're prepared for, but you don't actually know until you experience it, yep. is, you know, the one thing that, you know, counsel, former counselor Soe had said to me was like, you know, you have a young family, so be mindful that you'll have to be away from you them. You got a one-on-one with Soki? Yeah, well, because I've worked with them in the past with the city of Edmonton, right? So I had a really good, so, you know, yeah. opportunity there. Work? Guys, we, we honestly didn't even bring up, like, Riff's, like, uh, his... His resume, like he's yeah, he's worked for the city wait, of Edmonton. Hold, hold on a second, I heard that you can shout out your Twitter profile. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can Mufasa follow me yeah. on Mufasa Ali. So just okay. follow me at the Irfan Yeg. Uh, yeah, on Twitter. Because that's a great Twitter yeah. handle. Loser. I R F A N Y E G. Okay, you get like one follower. I'll do it right now. <laughs> one follower. I mean, but but, but honestly, like, um, so now that that's happened, uh, and living that like balanced life, do you think that like? Would it would it would it be municipal politics? Is that I something? Think that's where you have the closest connection to people. But I'll also echo something that Mustafa said as well. You don't have to be in public office to make a difference. And that's I think important. that's one thing people should be mindful of. In fact, what I've found is when you're unhinged to that bureaucratic process. So for example, I used to work with the city of Edmonton. Uh, I since have moved on from there. Um, you're able to do a lot more with what you want to do because you're not concerned about, you know, government being involved. Or, or, or like speaking saying, on behalf of an organization. Or on speaking right? on behalf of them, right? So those are things that, you know, if you really want to have an impact on like Islamophobia or anti-racism, which is stuff I'm super interested and passionate about, and, you know, being a member of the Alberta Hate Crime Committee, you can do a lot more uh, in those areas that you want to make a difference with rather than just being in an in a elected official position. Because when you get to those positions, that's where some of those chains come on you. What I'm noticing from governments in general right now, they're putting a lot more onus and a lot more empowerment into the hands of the community. And so they're coming to the community groups to say, help us build this project, right? Help advise us go a certain direction. From that perspective, that's where you have more onus and more power than just being, uh, you know, which is which is the way that things should be done, right? I mean, as much as we elect people to represent us in the various forms of government, they are responsible to us, yeah. um, and we should play an impact on their like 
in the way they make their decisions. Absolutely. Because obviously, as a politician, there's a lot of politics um, involved, and you 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 may have an opinion, but you may not be able to voice that opinion. But as long as that opinion is heard from your community, then there's as much as you can do as telling like your party whip or yeah, talking yeah. to your cabinet Absolutely. or whoever it is. But yeah, I mean, like uh, this was a this was honestly amazing. Riff. It was nice hearing Sapan get roasted on, like he was trying to get up from a roast. Dory, and then bam, yeah, if you uh, have like any kind of text in option or yeah, yeah part two, part two's coming. Like yeah, I'll tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll tweet you the details. But anyways, honestly, it was. Uh, I'm gonna make Twitter just for this now. You're a loser. Just you didn't have roast, Twitter. Ro- Join just Did to roast you know? Someone. I made a Twitter account when I was a young younger person. This guy wants 12, recognition. Twelve years old. Okay, yeah, but it's old. pretty cool. Okay. You know who follows me? Obama. Obama and Britney Spears. Hey, that's all you need. That's when you know you. I got like right? I'm going on the streets with Britney Spears and an office with Obama. That's all you Actually, need. Actually, and vice versa. That's all you need as long as they're following. I'm going on the streets. Like Michelle with Obama. Yeah. I came to school last week. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm joking. Got that direct connection. Yeah. Twitter. But yeah, I just got a DM. Obama. Yeah. Like yo. I know you have time now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Barack, the Bulls are in town. Let's, Let's go watch them. Yeah. But anyways, it was a pleasure to have you on. Um, we can't wait to have you on again. Um, and yeah, follow him on Twitter at Irfan so, Y-E-G. So, if you do run for 2017. Uh, Will you give us a shout out? No, not that. But we could. you could come back. And uh, we'll do some under the table cash hey. dealings. <laughs> <laughs> under the table cash dealings that he's talking about. Well, thanks, you know, Abim. Uh, yeah, WikiLeaks, please delete this from any kind of... Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Until next time. Assalamu alaikum.